Hi, and welcome to the NSGU podcast, Union Matters. My name's Mary, and I'm going to be your host today. Today, I'm really happy to have with me Sebastian LaBelle, who is the festival director of Mayworks. Hi, Sebastian. Hi, Mary. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Great. So I know that some of our members will know who you are because you are pretty involved in the labor movement. But for those of our members who don't know you, would you like to give a little bit of a history of who you are and your involvement in the labor movement? Sure. Um, I guess uh, right now I'm uh, mostly known as the person who uh, organizes the Mayworks Festival in Halifax, uh, which is a, um, um, a festival, an arts festival that celebrates International Workers' Day or May Day uh, annually uh, through a series of cultural events. Um, and I was also, uh, prior to this, um, on the executive uh, of the Halifax Dartmouth and District Labor Council, and I'm also a former union organizer with the Service Employees International Union, SEIU Local 2. Um, and so at that time, I was working on campaigns like the Baristas Rise Up uh, campaign and the Justice for Janitors campaign. Okay, awesome. I was actually talking to somebody today about you and oh. uh, your labor organizing. So that's kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's not just Mayworks and theater, but you do have quite a history with labor. So that's yes. awesome. And the Mayworks Festival actually came out of the labor movement, obviously, right. as well. Can you give a little bit of a history as to, you know, what is the Mayworks Festival? Sure. Um, so the 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 first Mayworks Festival um, that was organized um, was in Toronto, uh, and it's if I believe uh, if I'm correct, I think the first it was founded in 1980. I think I was looking 86. Yeah, 86, 1986. Um, and so labor activists from Toronto had traveled, uh, I believe, to Britain, um, where they noticed that May Day celebrations in Britain and in Europe in general are, are much more uh, grandiose than they are uh, typically in North America and uh, often involved a lot of cultural events. And so they came back to Toronto and decided to organize a cultural festival to mark the, the day. Uh, and so thus was born the first Mayworks Festival. Uh, and over the course of many years, uh, other Mayworks festivals started sprouting up in different Canadian cities, including Halifax, um, where the first Mayworks Festival uh, happened here in 2009. Uh, I should know this because the 10th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, and was founded by... Um, uh, former NSGU staffer Margaret Ann McHugh, yeah. uh, who was also at the time on the executive of the Halifax Dartmouth and District Labor Council. And so she had heard of the Mayworks Festival in Toronto and thought this needs to happen in Halifax as well. And so through the Labor Council, they kind of struck a committee uh, and organized the first Mayworks Festival. And it started pretty modestly with. Um, yeah, I think it was just like a single event the first year, uh, a concert, and then uh, maybe a film screening. Uh, and then after several years, started growing, and I became involved um, in, uh, let me think now, 2012, I believe, uh, because at the time I was involved in a kind of street theater um, uh, puppet company called uh, Puppets Etc. And we were doing kind of agitprop political shows. Uh, and so we pitched the idea of doing um, a show about uh, the local food movement and migrant labor. And so we presented that show uh, in 2012 as part of Mayworks. And then the following year, 
uh, I became a bit more involved in the labor movement and decided to join the committee of volunteers that uh, organized the festival. Uh, and I then became, I think in 2014, yeah, so the following year, Margaret Ann kind of stepped down as the lead organizer of the festival, and I got elected on the uh, Labor Council's executive um, as the vice president holding kind of the cor- cultural portfolio and, and spearheading Mayworks. And so from since 2014, I've been kind of the main organizer uh, of the festival. And at the time, uh, it was all volunteer labor uh, uh, organized through a, a committee of the Labor Council. Uh, but the festival was rapidly growing, and so the operational demands of the festival uh, grew as well. And so it as became, it, <laughs> they do. As they do, yeah. If, if you're lucky. That's right. And it's, it's certainly grown. <laughs> yeah, it very much has. And so it became evident that the, the, the growth of the festival meant that um, the capacity of volunteer labor was no longer sufficient to uh, to to organize the festival in a sustainable way, uh, and, and in a way that w- that could keep up with with the growth in in demand and popularity of the festival, and so uh, we incorporated a nonprofit society uh, with a board of directors that would um, uh, govern the festival uh, as a as a society from then on, and and then I was hired as the festival director uh, in a part time paid position to. Uh, to, to, well, to be paid to organize the festival, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, and, and also having a non, uh, nonprofit uh, registered status meant that we could start applying for government grants uh, to help fund the festival as well. So up until then, where were you, well, and I guess it's a good thing to talk about is where do you get your funding from? Sure. Apart from these government grants, obviously, I think there's some union involvement Absolutely. as well. From there? the very beginning, our primary source of support for the festival has been the labor movement. Uh, certainly, uh, the Labor Council, um, you know, wh- was where the, the, the Halifax version of the festival kind of uh, was birthed, uh, and and that came with financial support, of course. Uh, but quickly, uh, other union partners uh, came on board to help um, help fund the operations of the festival uh, in a way that we made sure that um, that artists presented in the festival always would be uh, fairly and properly compensated. And so, um, and so, and still today, now uh, that we receive uh, some government support for the festival. Uh, uh, by and large, the, the 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 biggest partner in our in our operations is is the labor movement, yeah. uh, and that that's through kind of a a collection of different unions, each contributing um, towards the festival annually to make sure that we can keep going, keep growing. Yeah, and I know the NSGU are proud partners Absolutely. with Mayworks as well, and yeah, I'm you know. Really, actually, it's something that I'm proud that we as an organization do support because I think there's a real importance within the and a real connection with the art arts and the labor movement. I know, you know, it's something I've actually kind of really been interested in is the history of, you know, arts and the they just they just go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of my favorite music comes <laughs> from workers' struggles. I That's mean, right. you look at Woody Guthrie, Billy Bragg. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot. There's a lot of fantastic art and music that wouldn't be there without workers' struggles. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a long tradition of uh, artists 
uh, advocating for uh, the labor movement, for workers' rights, and 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 social justice social justice issues broadly through uh, through their artwork, mm -hmm. and uh, and of course you know the work of artists is to communicate and uh, and so and to deliver messages uh, through creative means. And so uh, it's always been uh, an ideal partnership when the labor movement partners with uh, with artists and arts organizations to uh, to promote um, union values and 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 values of justice and solidarity. No, absolutely. And sometimes I think, what's a rally but street theater at right. the time? You totally. know, there's yeah, yeah. people out there chanting, singing songs, putting on performances. And I mean, well, if you want to get into it, yeah. isn't politics someone? <laughs> It, it, it's yeah. definitely a theater. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's awesome. So, what are some of the you know performers that are happening this year? Some of the what are you know what what, are, what can we expect yeah. if we go? So, uh, it's a pretty like, exciting lineup. <laughs> it's a very exciting lineup. So, like I mentioned earlier, it's uh, this year's our tenth anniversary, and so we've got a bigger festival than ever before, um, and we're really making a leap this year because we do want to properly um, celebrate this landmark year. And so, typically. Uh, in the last, uh, you know, three or four years, the the Mayworks Festival in, in Halifax has kind of spanned a roughly two week period, uh, but this year we're spanning the entire month of May, uh, and we've got uh, seventeen separate events running through the month uh, in uh, at least five different venues across Halifax. Uh, so it's really exciting, um, and uh, and and it's really. An incredibly diverse lineup of artists, both in terms of the disciplines that are represented, but also the communities and voices that are uh, represented uh, within the lineup. And so we're starting off um, as we typically do uh, with an opening reception that uh, follows immediately after the uh, May Day rally in March in Halifax. Um, and so typically, um, and I believe this will be the case again this year, There's a, a the start is at Grand Parade, uh, and then um, the march always ends up in North End Halifax, and so... Uh, the uh, the for the last several years the the final destination has been at the location of the opening reception for the Mayworks Festival and this year it's at Radstorm, uh, which is a uh, community cultural uh, space on Gottingen Street, uh, where we'll have a, a reception uh, featuring uh, some music and also uh, kind of preview excerpts of what's to come um, during the festival. Uh, and we also have uh, a, a kind of uh, bread and roses theme uh, where we, we're offering, thanks to Dee's ice cream, free ice cream. It's raspberry rose uh, flavored um, ice cream and sorbet. That sounds like a pretty darn good way to start off a yeah, festival with like, ice cream. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that pretty much you guarantees, you know, <laughs> happy right. people. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe that's just me. I, <laughs> I didn't yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's just how we're kicking things off. Um, so after that, uh, we're uh, presenting a show by uh, the Polaris Choir, which is one of the choirs that's members of Choirs for Change, uh, which is a, a group of choirs uh, that, uh, through their shows, kind of uh, address various social issues. And uh, and so this show is titled um, Songs of Resilience, Bringing Voice to Protest Music. Uh, and they're doing their first show uh, at uh, the St. Saint, uh, Andrew's United Church, which is their typical venue. Um, and uh, this show, basically, they're, uh, they're spanning through the 20th century into the 21st century uh, 
assembling and arranging uh, protest songs and chants from different movements into uh, choral music that they'll be singing as a choir. Uh, and so they're going to be going through uh, the Cape Breton, um, you know, uh, mining uh, mining wars uh, and uh, the uh, the peace movement of the 60s uh, and also uh, the contemporary Me Too movement are some examples of where they'll be drawing music and chants from and delivering that as a as a choral piece. Uh, and so that's very exciting and, and a particularly exciting um, component of that as it relates to NSGU is that uh, we're currently uh, working out the details of incorporating uh, a performance of that uh, choral piece to be presented at the NSGU convention uh, coming up in May. Yeah, I know that's Woo! something that I'm really excited about. I will be at convention and I know it's a good opportunity for our members because of course we're not just the NSGU isn't just in Halifax, so we're going to have members from all across the province in Halifax. So it's a really good opportunity for people from outside of Halifax to kind of take part. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. Totally. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. I mean, it's, um, uh, yeah, it'll be the first time that, that we kind of partner in that way with the union convention, uh, which often happen in, in the spring, not always in Halifax, but this time it kind of coordinated in a really nice way that we can make something happen. So stay tuned for those do details. And if you're uh, going to the convention, make sure to come check out that event. Um, following that, we're also uh, having a first partnership with the Animation Festival of Halifax, um, which is a, a festival of uh, animated film. And uh, we're collaborating together to put together a panel uh, panel discussion addressing the working conditions of independent animators in the film industry. Uh, and so that'll be really interesting because uh, the film industry is actually a sector that is heavily unionized typically, except in the animation sector where uh, a lot of animators work uh, as self-employed artists and typically without um, collective agreements uh, or union protection. And so, uh, and so this panel will be looking at, at kind of that aspect of the film industry in the, in the animation sector and kind of looking more closely at, at what the struggles are for animators uh, in terms of their employment and, and what kind of organizing is happening in that sector. Oh, that sounds really exciting. And that's definitely, I think, a sector where, especially independent, I, I know my brother is like, works in graphic design and things and a lot right. of that is you're working as a contractor yeah. you're a subcontractor you don't necessarily have the protection and I think that's definitely somewhere we you know as unions and the labor movement have to look at and also just I mean artistry in general like making sure that artists get paid yeah it's it's work yeah absolutely I mean that's always been like one of our primary focuses as Mayworks is because we present the works of artists uh, and we want to make sure, because we're a union festival, we really need to make a point of making sure that the union, uh, that the artists that are presented in our festival are uh, are compensated for the work that they do, because it is work, uh, and uh, and they depend on uh, on on that pay to make a living as artists, and so um, and so that's where um, the contributions from the labor movement have always been really essential in the festival. Is on the one hand to make sure that um, that the artists are properly compensated 
uh, and, and always following if they if they are artists that are represented by a union that it's within union contracts uh, and union standards uh, and even if they're not uh, in a discipline that's typically um, covered by a collective agreement that uh, that the compensation that we offer is is in line with with uh, standards set in other sectors so so that's always been really important uh, and and kind of the the flip side of that is that We've always made a point of making sure that our festival is as accessible as possible. And so making sure that the majority of our events are free or pay what you can and that the events that are ticketed have very modest admission fees mm -hmm. so that uh, price is never a barrier uh, for admission to uh, festival events. And so we, because of that, we can't rely very heavily on box office revenue um, to, to fund the festival, and so that's where uh, the the contributions from the labor movement are really important to make sure that 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 we hit that balance of making sure the the festival is broadly accessible to the general public, but at the same time that uh, artists are properly compensated for presenting in the festival. Yeah, it's a hard. This can be a fine line to walk sometimes. It can be a tough, uh, yeah, balancing act. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, so that should be a really interesting discussion. What else is? So uh, other things coming up. Uh, so uh, some folks may uh, have heard of the Graphic History Collective, which is a collective of illustrators and uh, graphic novelists uh, from uh, kind of across the country, really, who collaborate on um, publishing graphic novels that tell labor history in Canada. Uh, and this year they've published two new books uh, through Between the Lines Publishing. Uh, one is titled 1919, A Graphic History of the Winnipeg General Strike, uh, which of course this year celebrates its uh, 100th anniversary. Uh, and the other book is called Direct Action Gets the Goods, A Graphic History of the Strike in Canada. And that book chronicles uh, the history of strikes uh, as, a, as a powerful tool uh, for the labor movement that really continues to propel progressive changes uh, well in our workplaces and in society in general. And so those are two uh, exciting new publications and we're going to have a book launch event here in Halifax uh, at the Glitter Bean uh, Cafe Workers Co-op. Uh, which uh, itself is the product of a, a, a famous strike in Halifax. <laughs> yeah, it was a, <laughs> well, that was a disaster. Yes, and, uh, and they really rose from the ashes. Yeah, so totally. It's workers, a real Phoenix uh, story, that one. Yeah, yeah. and it's, I, I think that's a good little plug there too, you know support that cafe yeah, exactly. really I mean because they fought hard for their labor rights that's right they really did and they you know I mean they they came close to the brink uh, with with the closure of the cafe and and but they really turned it around um, where uh, you know the SEIU did something really kind of novel uh, and uh, really interesting to, to observe uh, as a labor movement which is that they supported the workers in taking over the cafe to own and operate it themselves, mm -hmm. uh, which now operates uh, as a worker-owned and operated uh, cooperative uh, by the baristas, uh, and uh, and also uh, because of the composition of the workplace there is a very kind of queer-centric uh, space, uh, and so uh, a really kind of important uh, cultural community space for that for that community, the LGBTQ community. Um, uh, which I think is important for the city as well. And so we're really excited to, to be partnering with Glitter Bean um, for that event, uh, which will be exciting. And, and those two books will be on sale uh, at the event, and two members of the, of the Graphic History Collective will be on site to, uh, to talk about these new books. Um, and there's another event happening at the Glitter Bean shortly after 
on the 18th, and this one is called "It Was a Cumulative." <laughs> it's a mouthful. It was a cumulative <laughs> effect, and I almost didn't notice. That's one that I was quite interested in. Yeah, so when the, I looked at it, totally. It's a it's a um, so it's a durational performance arts piece by uh, artist Colleen McIsaac, uh, who's known as both an illustrator and a theater artist. Um, and so this is kind of a, a, a foray into uh, something that kind of blends both disciplines for her in, in, in this piece, where she's basically, um, you know, recently the U.S. National Oceanic, uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration uh, released projections um, that uh, projections of sea level rise uh, because of climate change and, and, and recommended that port cities prepare for a rise in sea levels of 250 centimeters by 2100. Uh, And so, of course, Halifax is a port city. uh, And so we're anticipating, because of climate change, um, you know, a gradual but substantial uh, rise in sea levels. And so this piece kind of uh, takes that notion, you know, and you see it in the title, it was a cumulative effect, (laughs) and I almost didn't notice. Um, and so in this piece, uh, Colleen will be um, boxed into a plexiglass box uh, in the cafe uh, and basically uh, writing along the, uh, on the, pan- the plexiglass panels uh, starting from the bottom. And over the force of course of four hours, her writings will basically submerge her. And that's kind of to kind of uh, emulate that sensation of kind of uh, anxiety about what's happening in that sense of you're kind of focused on the tediousness of what you're doing right now. And then before you know it, mm-hmm. you know, things have jumped to a, a much more dramatic level. And so it's kind of to bring it aware, uh, an awareness of, of that, that creeping kind of encroachment of the effects of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, uh, again, commemorating the centennial of the uh, Winnipeg general strike, uh, and of course, it's a. This is a very important uh, landmark year. Uh, the Winnipeg General Strike was uh, a huge event, certainly for the labor movement, but for Canadian history in general. Where, really, it was a, you know, following that uh, important strike, uh, there were some major changes to uh, labor laws and standards uh, across Canada. Yeah, I know uh, the NUPCHI, which is our parent union, uh, is actually having their convention this year in Winnipeg, uh, and that's because of the centennial of the Winnipeg general strike. So it's something that, you know, we're definitely, I know our members of our board, when they go to the NUPCHI convention, they'll definitely be talking about the Winnipeg general strike because it it, it really is an important part of Canadian history that I think it amazes me how many people don't know that it, you know, that it even happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it had repercussions across the country. Um, and so um, and so that's why it's... Imp- and, and there are commemorations and celebrations happening uh, across the country to, to mark the occasion, and that's why we're, we're including some here in Halifax. Um, I just want to segue quickly into the fact that um, annually for the last three years now, the Mayworks Festival, we've been producing uh, collectible social justice trading cards, uh, which we use as kind of flashcards to learn about uh, labor history and different social movements um, in, in Nova Scotia. 
And this year, we're producing a card about the Amherst General Strike, uh, which is also celebrating its centennial anniversary uh, this year, which I actually had never heard about until I started <laughs> uh, doing research about the Winnipeg General Strike. Uh, but Amherst had a general strike uh, shortly after as well um, for similar demands as the Winnipeg general strike. And some it's often that strike is reported as a solidarity strike, uh, uh, you know, following the Winnipeg strike, like that workers in Amherst were striking in solidarity with Winnipeg. But actually it, it was a kind of a, um, something that had been percolating in, ha- in Amherst proper and in rural Nova Scotia for a long time. And, and so... Uh, it kind of happened independently uh, of the Winnipeg general strike, and and uh, and happened around the same time. But of course, it it never got the the same kind of fame as the Winnipeg one. But uh, it's an important uh, and interesting piece of history of uh, Nova Scotia labor history. No, that's that's really interesting. And where can we get those cards? They will be on sale uh, at all festival events throughout the festival, um, and uh, so they're they're basically modeled after you know old school. Um, like sports cards, uh, and so each card, instead of featuring an athlete, features a, a figure, a prominent figure or event uh, in social justice history. Uh, and we sell them in packages of six, which includes a stick of gum. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, there are random selections of cards, uh, and so you need to buy some with your friends so you can start trading and make up the sets. And if somebody maybe can't get into Halifax to buy them is there anywhere else that they could get them apart from you totally. know asking a buddy yeah, who lives yeah. in Halifax For to pick sure. them up uh, they can be ordered uh, online through our website um, you can find out information about them on our website and there's a contact form there and you can write us a little message and say I'd like to order some cards and we would be very happy to mail some packages to you Excellent. So is there one or two other, because we're, I just noticed we've been talking for quite a long time now, but maybe is there, what are, you know, the highlights? Because I don't think we can get through all 17. Um, Um, So there's, uh, there's, let's say, yeah, there's a couple more that I think are important to mention. One is uh, Sisters of the Struggle, which is a panel discussion uh, on May 22nd at the Bus Stop Theatre, where veteran uh, activists, uh, black women from the African Nova Scotian community will be recounting their stories uh, uh, of being involved themselves in social justice movements uh, and also their contemporaries. And this is to kind of address the fact that often when we speak of uh, the feminist movement, uh, it's often thought of uh, as, a, as a movement uh, of white women and, and black women are often excluded of those narratives, no, often uh, thought of as being part of the civil rights movement. But when, uh, when we talk about the feminist movement, the contributions of black women are often obscured. And so that this panel would kind of address that and kind of really shed light on those stories. Uh, another important event or interest, like really interesting event that we've got coming up uh, May 23rd to 25th at the bus stop is an event uh, organized by the Mi'kma'ki 2030 Collective called Hope and Fire. Uh, and this is a collaborative effort between uh, female artists uh, who are um, Mi'kmaq or uh, African Nova Scotian or black uh, and uh, and um, 
and basically it's entering into dialogue uh, around um, climate justice issues, but by centering centering the voices of Indigenous and Black women uh, as part of the discussions around those struggles and through various artistic means. Um, the collection of artists are all from different disciplines. There's a dancer, there's a filmmaker, uh, there's an illustrator, there's a sculptor, and they're all kind of collaborating together to create this event to uh, speak through their artwork uh, in a collaborative performance way, uh, addressing issues of climate justice, but through the centering of uh, black and indigenous voices of women. Uh, and, and finally, I really want to um, uh, bring up uh, a play that, uh, that will be presented near the end of the festival. Uh, and the play is titled, A Speed Read of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire Trial Transcript with Additional Notes. So it's a very long title. Uh, that's actually, I think, the one that I was, I was going through a friend, with a friend last night. And he said, oh, it immediately jumped out at him and he said, that's one that I actually, I really need to go to. It's really cool. I sat in on a rehearsal the other day and I was blown away um, by how it's coming together. Uh, so the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire, uh, in a similar way to the Winnipeg General Strike, was a kind of a landmark movement, uh, landmark moment in the labor movement where uh, this happened in New York in 1911 where a shirtwaist uh, factory caught fire and uh, over 140 uh, women mainly, um, or 150 workers uh, perished in the fire or by jumping through the windows of the factory. Uh, and they were mainly women, mainly uh, immigrant women, uh, working uh, in, you know, under terrible working conditions and uh, locked into the factory uh, when it caught fire, and so, uh, which resulted in, uh, in the deaths of many. And uh, a trial ensued uh, around whether or not the employer was criminally uh, responsible. Uh, and, uh, and, and that trial really kind of, uh, and well, not so much the trial, uh, because what's interesting is that the employer was found not guilty. Uh, but the, the public response to the fire and the public response to the outcome of the trial was such that it really propelled, um, uh, you know, it really propelled political pressure to make changes uh, in occupational health and safety measures and in fire prevention. And so this is a play that we're actually partnering with both the Office of the Worker Counselor and also uh, the um, uh, the uh, Halifax uh, Fire Prevention Department and the Union, the Halifax Union of Firefighters, uh, to put this show together. And uh, and basically, the the conceit or the like the premise, uh, what's happening is that the actors are essentially reading the transcript uh, of the trial, but in a, a really engaging, dramatic way. Uh, I was blown away when I saw it. It's like a courtroom drama that you see on film, uh, and it, it was really an astounding trial. Uh, which really resonates today and really resonates particularly because it's largely women who are uh, put in the uh, witness um, seat to testify about what happened to them and the kind of disregard that is um, shown women's voices uh, is really kind of, um, you know, it, it really sinks in when you watch this yeah. uh, and, and it's just an incredible story and uh, so, so beautifully told it, it it's so simple but so effective and um, and the design of the show was uh, was conceived um, uh, by uh, partly by Alex McLean who's the director of the show and also Carmen Lee and Roland um, 
who are two uh, new immigrants from Hong Kong who have been uh, making a name in Halifax as theater artists and are collaborating on this show. And Alex is uh, very well known, the director uh, uh, in, in Halifax and abroad, as a theater director for his work uh, with the theater company called Zupa Theater, uh, which has an international reputation, uh, taking shows uh, in many places across the world. Uh, and it's a company that's based here in Halifax. Okay, great. Well, so if our anybody wants to come out and tickets are available, I'm assuming for this, and there's a festival pass. There's is a there? festival pass. So the festival pass is already available online, okay. um, and you can visit our website to uh, to purchase a pass or soon to purchase tickets. So the the individual tickets for each event aren't uh, aren't online yet, uh, but they will be soon. Uh, but certainly you can uh, go ahead and uh, purchase a festival pass. Uh, right now uh, by visiting our website at www.mayworkshalifax.ca. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. I really appreciate it. And it's my great pleasure. I encourage our members to get out. And even if you're not in Halifax, if you're, you know, it's going all month. So if you get a chance to come in and would you give, would you recommend trying to put on something like this in rural Nova Scotia? Absolutely. Or? In fact, it's happening. I mean, oh, um, excellent. Uh, Sydney and Cape Breton has uh, several times organized a Mayor's Festival. Uh, they aren't this year, but I know they're they're planning, uh, they're making plans to kind of reset the festival in Sydney, Cape Breton. But for the first time uh, this year, um, the Annapolis Valley Labor Council is putting on a Mayor's Festival in Wolfville. So if you're in the Valley, you should check out what's happening in Wolfville for Mayor's. Excellent. And I guess that's a good reason to, I know uh, I was talking to Suzanne McNeil of the Halifax Dartmouth uh, and District Labor Council. So it's another good reason to get involved with your Labor Council to kind of try to get stuff like this going, isn't it? Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I'm really looking forward to getting out to see stuff this year. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing many NSGU delegates at our festival. All right. Awesome. And thank you guys for listening. And uh, make sure to subscribe uh, wherever you get this podcast. And keep listening. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, just uh, let us know. Thanks. Bye.